Welcome to the Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, on uh, the podcast, we're going to be covering a book that um, I had a while back, probably a few years back, and had read it, and uh, because of having to move and stuff, I've uh, kind of lost a lot of my books that I had, so I've slowly have recovered some of them as far as, you know, uh, going online and going to... Uh, use books or whatever and getting these books anyways this the topic today of the book we're going over is called washington which is george washington the indispensable man is what it's called and it's written by james thomas flexner f-l-e-x-n-e-r um and you can i find this particular one on i believe it's called uh, abe books ABE books online and uh, they have new use so I just went to the use section clicked on used and looked in there and I knew the topic the name of it put it in there and there it was and it was only like two dollars or something it wasn't that much at all I think it could be wrong but sometimes two dollars or twelve dollars ten dollars it depends how hard it is to get but most of the time you can they have a lot of book of people who deal deals in books and you can buy them fairly cheap anyways and uh so the reason why I picked uh, George Washington to speak about in this particular book, Washington, the Indispensable Man by James Thomas Flexner, is because of the times we're living in right now. Uh, today is 11-7-2020, um, or November 7th of 2020, and we're going through a difficult election here in the United States. Um, where there's a lot of deception going on and all that. And fortunately, the current president is a fighter. And so that's, so they're going through the courts and legal battles to, to, to get all this uh, deception stuff situated. But, you know, it's, we all go through different things at different times. And at the beginning of our nation here in America, uh, you had those that were are considered and called patriots at the time, and we still call them that today, or should, anyways. Um, and George Washington was one of those patriots. Um, he came in and he was uh, he had fought with the British because back in the colonial colonial time, so let's talk about the 1700s. Um, we. Uh, which was the 1700s, so that would be the 18th century. And uh, so they were going through a time where the British had uh, been, they wanted to pay taxes because they had a lot of wars all over the world. At that time, Britain was the largest, you know, the largest military, and their country had a lot of um, settlements everywhere. So they had a lot of wars going on. They had to pay for it. And here in America, you know, they were pretty free to just kind of do their thing. And uh, so they wanted to hike taxes on them. And they didn't like that too much, you know. And then they were, they started really clamping down on them and taking some of their freedoms away. They didn't go for that. I don't blame them. But they were willing to stand up for that. But anyways, so so George Washington had fought for the British during the the. Um, the, uh, uh, they call them the Indian Wars, and that's where he got his military training from. 
And so he went there, and he was he uh, was very good, and he was an officer and all. And uh, the hand of God had been on him from day one. And when he was going through that, they had there was many Indians that were trying to pick him off. They were shooting at him, and there was a time and, and recorded uh, this was uh, recorded this fact that there were witnesses there that when he got off of this horse of one battle they had. Uh, he had multiple holes in his clothing, like his jacket and stuff, um, and even had some horses shot from under him. But you see, the hand of God was on him, protecting him. And even later on, I think as he became president or whatever, um, those Indians wanted to, to see him, this man that they tried to shoot, and they knew that he was being protected by a higher entity. And so they actually did get to see him. It was amazing. But anyway, so um, then to go into a little bit of his childhood, uh, I think his parents had died, and he was pretty much raised by his brother. And so he got into doing, uh, George Washington got into uh, doing um, a land, land surveying. And that's, so he did that and did pretty good at it and whatever. Um, but then from that time, then he went into the wars and did that. You know, we're not going into heavy detail here. We just kind of kind of glance over it just a little bit, just take a little taste of it, I guess you could say. Um, and so therefore, so when they were trying to form a government here to fight the British and raise a, a standing army, it was pretty difficult. There wasn't, uh, during that time, America wasn't prepared for all that, you know. I mean, you had a lot of hunters and farmers and stuff like that. So they had to whip them up into shape, and that was a quite a job to do that. So anyways, um, so for whatever reason, I guess it was on George Washington's heart, he wanted to be the leader of that, and he would go to all the different meetings they were having for the Patriots and deciding how to do it and what to do and how to – and getting this, you know, the government together to be able to get organized and to fight back – and so he attended everything, and he always dressed up in his uniform to to be to stand out. And he was very tall, and uh, tall and handsome. At, you know, I guess they considered him handsome. And so he stood out, and he had a good name and and everything. So eventually, they did make him uh, uh, the commander and chief of the armies, or general of their army, if you could call it that. They had some professional guys, I guess you can call them there, but the majority were volunteers. And they only volunteered like for six months at a time and stuff. Things were different back then and they'd gone back to the because they were farmers and stuff and they had to to go and get the crops and everything, so they couldn't do but so much. Some stayed longer, most of them didn't. So it it was pretty tough, you know, and most of them weren't even trained. So speeding up a little bit and then they found themselves in a uh, they, the Patriot Army or Colonial, the Colonials they would call them, uh, found themselves um, in a like uh, one year is very cold, and everybody was sick, and um, this was at a uh, Valley Forge, and you know they were sickly and cold and hungry because they didn't have much food. A lot of them didn't have any shoes, and so they had their feet was bloody and frozen and everything. It was a job, but he managed before it got too cold and snowing and stuff 
they managed to build some huts and stuff like that so they could stay in it. But they had it pretty tough. And then George Washington's uh, wife came, and she was very wealthy, and she came and seen the condition of the army. So um, I think she was able to get gathered together stuff for shoes. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she started making socks for the military and all, or for the ones that were there. It was a tough, tough time, and everybody... And they hadn't won very many battles and stuff, so it was pretty tough. And then a an officer came from another country. I believe he was um, he was from the Ger Germany area, and it was called something different back then. Um, but uh, he came, and he spoke German and French, and his officer, a helper that came with him, um, he spoke English and French, and I think possibly German. So he was uh, the translator for this this general guy. And uh, so actually, he uh, I think he was a, he was a captain or whatever. George Washington didn't care at the time, so he says, "Let me train these guys. I can whip them into shape." So he says, "Well, hey, go right ahead," because there was really nothing to lose at the time. You know, I mean, nothing because things were already bad. So he did. He got them together and he translated what he needed done to the troops in in the French, and then the the guy translated to English, and they got it done. And uh, one of the things he said that was really cool, and he says these Americans are different. Uh, they don't just automatically do it, but they question why do we have to do it. So he's always questioned things. They just didn't follow a command by anybody. You know, like most countries, they're all trained to do that, but they were not. They said, well, why are we doing this? There's got to be a reason. I want to know why. And that's just how it was back then, you know. And so they questioned stuff. That was the difference from America, the Americans and the Europeans, you know. They were raised like that. You just did certain things automatically, but the Americans were independent thinkers. Therefore, they had to, be, they had to train to know how to work as a unit, how to work as a group. And so it's a little different. And this guy managed to do that, and so after he did that, George Washington made him a general. He said, "Hey, man, you're you know you're over the, you know the training and stuff." So he did such a great job like that. But anyways, and so from that point, it seemed things started to turn around. And of course, they were having prayer, and then uh, George Washington commanded his troops that uh, they must go to church, and you know have days of prayer and stuff like that. Things were different then. It wasn't like now where everybody's all been out of shape if you say anything about God or whatever. Look, it's like this. You know, here's the way I look at it. This is this is my personal view. You know, whatever country you go to, uh, then you need to go by what they do. If that's what you're going to do, you come to America, then you be an American. You know, it's not black, white, or whatever. You come here, and we all work together. You uh, assimilate, and you become an American. We're not, it's not black and white or this group or that group. No. It doesn't matter what color you are. It's just, color, look, the shade of our skin is just shade of our skin. It's called pigmentation, you know? And everybody's flesh is the same. Did you know now that they have, um, they have genetics and all this stuff? And so now they've pinpointed everything that basically everybody is, is actually uh, the... The particles of our skin are actually beige, whether you're black, white, whatever, yellow looking, don't matter, um, or brown. But 
it's we're all actually beige and then it just depending where you're at or you know who you're born um what what people group you come from then you're going to be that shade but it doesn't really matter if you cut somebody we all bleed and we bleed red you know that's just how it is you're going to bleed we all got flesh we all got bones it's the same as just color it means absolutely nothing so that's one thing i'd like get away so anyways um so and then i was also what i would suggest for everybody especially right now is get a pocket constitution you get multiple pocket constitutions you can get them online i get them all the time and i try to get 10 at a time because it's cheaper that way they're only like a dollar and some change you know dollar fifty dollar twenty five whatever great to have the ones i like to get is um it's just a pocket constitution called Documents of Freedom and has the Declaration of Independence, it, uh, the Constitution of the United States, and George Washington Farewell Address. I would read that Farewell Address, but it's pretty long. You know, I didn't realize it was going to be that long. But it's pretty good. You know, it, it really has covers a lot of different things. And he covers some warnings, too, about certain things to stay away from and not to do. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. It really is. And, you know, he could have stayed longer, and they wanted him to, but he said, no, two terms is enough. That's where we actually got the two terms from. At one time, it was like everybody just, obey, you know, just did that because that's what everybody did, starting from George Washington. And it wasn't until Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the late 30s or mid – well, about mid to late 30s. But he came in, and then um, – he ran twice, and he ran again, which was unprecedented, because the norm was two terms and you leave, you know. But he ran for a third time, and he was elected, but he didn't make it. He died, and then um, uh, then you had uh, President Truman. He came in. He was the vice president, so he became president. Um, but yeah, you know, and that's why when. Uh, he did that when uh, Franklin, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt did that. The Congress got together and they made it where you can only do two terms. It, I wish they would have looked at the, the Congress and the Senate and had the same thing instead of people being there all their lives and stuff. That's not how it was planned because the longer you're in a, uh, you stay in a powerful position, the more power you, you gain and you, uh, because you, you get to know people, you do deals and all this stuff, and it's very corrupting. That's why it should be term limits. Did you know, while we're on the subject, did you know that um, that before, uh, at the beginning, the president and Congress and all, they didn't get paid. They volunteered, and they had to be, <clears throat> according to what I read, they had to be, they had to own land, and they had to be business owners, and I'm, I'm and I believe it's because that way you go there, you volunteer to serve your nation, and then you go home because you don't want you don't want to stay there. You know, you want to leave and get back to your business. And through the years, they made it where you get paid, and now it's a lot of money and all this stuff. And so now you have people that's there forever, and that's why it's so corrupting. And that's why we're going through the battle we are now in America, and um, it's going on right this minute. We had our vote on uh, Tuesday, November third, and this and it's been crazy ever since. All the stuff that we're finding out, and so you're you know we have a a nation that's kind of divided against the stuff because of the 
of uh, the media who or, or, or the so-called journalists that used to be journalists but now they're they've picked the side and they just stay with that one side and lie cheat and everything and it's terrible that's not they're supposed to be neutral and just reporting they're supposed to be helping us to keep our nation free and they're not they've they've chosen a side now and that's what they're doing and so you have all this corruption going on and um, you have the media corrupt so much stuff going on so basically we're getting information by other sources by online sources through other various podcasts for those who do you know uh, the political things and the news and all this kind of stuff uh, and you know you can go on YouTube stuff like that and now you can also go to rumble and that's like YouTube it's just another company and uh, you could also you can go to Twitter but you can also now go to parlor it's like another Twitter but those are more conservative aspects to everything and it's more freedom you know they're not going to censor you for everything um, so it's just something to note. So anyways, so I, I find that to be pretty fascinating, actually. So we we just touched on a little bit, and every, I usually, right now, I'm doing a podcast about once a week. I would like to do more, but uh, I don't have the time at this moment to do that. So about once a week is all I'm doing. I'm also doing the YouTube uh, videos with uh, sermon messages and stuff. Um so I just like to do podcasts because it's just you can let your hair down and just talk about different things or whatever. At least that's what I like to do with it. Pretty interesting. But get the book. So get get some. Uh, go online. Oh, actually, this one here is from Wall Builders, which is one of the resources we we tell you before we end this. And uh, you can go to www.wallbuilders.com and order these, or you can also write PO Box three nine seven Alito. A-L-E-D-O, Texas, 76008. And their phone numbers is 817-441-6044. And toll-free is 800-873-2815. And that's Wall Builders Ministry. Really good. That's with David Barton. And he's an American historian, a biblical historian of the Christian America. It is fascinating. He's, he collects a lot of documents. You know, it's really good. And I get uh, news from the Blaze the Blaze Radio and Blaze TV. Now, Blaze TV, you have to pay for, I think, $9 a month. Not bad at all. Um, and Blaze Radio is free. And you can go online, too. And you can watch them on YouTube and stuff. So these are getting truth at some of these places here. Um, now, for those that may be listening who may not know God, you know, I would like to tell you about, you know, uh, let me put it this way. Have... Um, have you ever lied? And for those, for anybody that um, who has, then we're considered a liar. Have we ever um, stolen anything, no matter if it's a paperclip or whatever it is? Um, see, right there, we're already broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. Therefore, we need Christ. So, so if we just if we broke one of them, which we all have, we've all done that, and that's only two of the ten. And you can find it on uh, the Old Testament, uh, Exodus chapter 20. But um, so we're guilty and we're going to be judged. And so what we can do to be spared from judgment, that means going to hell. And according there, um, for this burning, uh, gnashing of teeth from the pain and the torment, it's a horrible place to go. You don't have to. But if you come with a sorrowful heart, knowing you've broken God's commandments, 
uh, his moral law, and you can repent. And repenting, asking for forgiveness with a sorrowful heart, and say, God, forgive me of my sins, for I have broken your laws. And um, he will forgive you. And then we need to transfer the trust we have in ourselves to Christ alone. And that's how you can go to heaven. You know, and from that day forward, you turn from your sins and start reading the Bible daily without failing to do what it says. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And you can't know it if you don't read it. But it's fascinating. That book is, the Bible is one of the fascinating books I've ever read in my whole life. It's fantastic. Okay. Resources, I'll just go down it real quick. Watch on YouTube, and you can find them on their websites. Living Waters of Great Comfort, livingwaters.com, Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis.org, Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com, Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.com. Please watch on YouTube, 20 Minutes in Hell with Bill Weiss, fantastic. And uh, if you want to make donations, you can mail them to Bible Education Institute, 624 Tyvola Road, that's T-Y-V-O-L-A Road, Suite 106, 166, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28217. Bible Education Institute at gmail.com, phone number 910-747-5215. Watch us on YouTube, Bible Education Institute, or you can put in Reverend Henry Kelly. One of those two should pop it up. And, um, and of course, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple for podcast platforms. So, hope you enjoyed this small segment of um, George Washington, the, independent, the Indispensable Man by James... Thomas Flexner, fantastic. So have a blessed day, and remember, come to Christ. Okay, I need you off the seat.